0: This time of year has always been my favorite, itch-beach season. My name is Phil, and you're listening to The Lip. Hello everyone, it's Phil once again, and you are listening to The Lip. Thanks to yet another COVID episode in my house, I had to restructure all of my more recent recordings. You see, I had planned on being out for a little while during this point because I had the expectations of having some teeth pulled, five to be exact, four of them wisdom teeth and one of them a molar. My best expectations would have been that I would not be recording right now. Seeing as it is April 30th and I had set an episode which should have come out today, which would have been about me having my teeth removed on April 29th. However, that is not going to be the case. This COVID situation has totally derailed my plans ever so slightly, but you know what? All things considered, I'm not in the biggest hurry to get my teeth removed, nor am I really enjoying the whole COVID situation either, but it is what it is. So we're just going to kind of roll with it. I know that I had scheduled that episode and recorded maybe three of them prior to that in anticipation that I wasn't going to be able to speak or actually do the recordings that I had planned to do. So, much like I do during my shows, I'm going to improvise and restructure my show schedule. So. The show that was in question that is going to be actually played on April 30th, by now you would have already heard it, was actually story number 12. Now that has my birthday spiel in it because it was expected to have come out the day that this episode is coming out on May 7th, which would have been a couple days after my birthday. Now you see, my whole birthday spiel is going to be on the one for story number 12, so take it with a grain of salt. It was supposed to be the episode coming out today, but it is what it is. So instead, I'm going to reshuffle the deck a little bit and record a few episodes in advance, knowing that I'm not getting my teeth done anytime in the near future or foreseeable time that I'm looking at, and usually I would say that my crystal ball was in the shop, but right now I know that it's up and running, and I definitely don't see when my dentist appointment is going to be. So, I'm going to go ahead and do a few shows now in anticipation for whenever that may be. So, I'm going to talk about one of my favorite subjects, which is, of course, a Jersey Shore. I've mentioned on more than one episode that I'm from New Jersey, and I am an absolute diehard lover of the Jersey Shore, especially when it comes to the beaches in Ocean County, particularly Seaside and Long Beach Island. Those are the ones that were pretty much in my wheelhouse. I grew up in the area real close to Long Beach Island. And after I graduated high school, I moved into an area closer to Manchester, closer to Seaside. And I pretty much had my favorite choice, which was, do I go to work or do I go to the beach? And a lot of times I went to work and then I would go to the beach afterwards. I know it sounds a little weird for my Philadelphia people. Because a lot of times when they're talking about going to the beach, they set up an entire day trip or even a whole vacation structured around going to the beach. That's not the case for the way I grew up. I mean, going to the beach for us was just like no different than going to the store. I mean, we would just wake up sometimes and just say, you know what, I think I'm going to go to the beach. That's how I grew up. (laughs) So I'm going to tell you about some of my favorite stuff that I did Experienced and places that are around in the Jersey Shore that I grew up in between Seaside and Long Beach Island. And for sure, the shore is one of my favorite places on this earth. It's weird to think that I'm so far away from it now, but hey, you live on, you move on, you do different things. So, without further ado, the main event coming up now. Ding, ding, ding. It's time for the main event. And like I said earlier, my schedule is a little different because of a COVID situation in my house. Moved a few things around. But I'm not mad. I'm really not considering the fact that this technically is my birthday week when this show is going on. And for most of my life, I said earlier many times that I lived Probably no more than 20 minutes from the beach from the time I was born until the time I was 28 years old. And I spent a lot of time at the beach during those formative years growing up in Barnegat and Manahawkin, And then after I graduated high school, moving to Manchester, which is, like I said, again, no more than maybe 20 minutes away from Seaside. So there was a beach around me real close my entire life. And I did in fact spend a lot of time there during my birthdays. I would go there frequently Um, And not even just my birthday. I mean like I said, it was a a, a regular occurrence Whereas many people would go to the movies Which we did and I did I went to plenty of movies, but Option one wasn't always a movie. It was a lot of times. Well, you know, I'm just gonna go to the beach for a few hours And I know that for the people who live in Philadelphia who are around me currently and presently, to say that you're going to the beach for a few hours is a strange thing. It's, for the most part of the people who are around here in Philly, the beach is a weekend, or it's at least an entire day trip, and you plan for it. Whereas, in my growing up, like I said, we would just be sitting around the house and just a thought would pass through our mind. You know what? I think I want to go play ski ball Okay, go run down to the beach, put a few quarters in the, uh, in the meter. Stay there an hour and a half or so. Not so much anymore. We'll get to get a good plan together. Get the family all packed up and we'd head down there early in the morning and stay for a decent amount of time. Probably leave somewhere around 7, 8 at night. To get home at a decent hour, maybe like nine ten, because it takes about an hour and a half, two hours to get home from there to here now in Philadelphia where I'm at. But it's always worth it. I think I'm going to start off with the fact that, well, now that I'm in Philadelphia, I had a very unique situation that happened a few years ago. And that was in 2000... I believe it was 2016. I had the longest run of my entire life not being at the beach. It was a strange thing. It's an adjustment everybody has to make from time to time. Adjustments in life, and that was the adjustment. I had spent from 2014 till 2016, which is two full years where I hadn't gone to the beach. Again, like I said, my earlier time in life, I would pretty much have a thought run through my mind, and I would go there before work, or I would go there after work, weekly, routinely. Commonly, sometimes I'd be at the beach two, three times a week, minimum. So that was strange to me, not having been there for two years. But since I've adjusted, and I can now say that I haven't let that lapse quite so long now, I might go every once in a while when i go to my mother's house who still lives in Tom's River. I would still maybe pop down there every so often now. So it's not that I'm giving it years in between, it's probably months, which is definitely, it's different. It's very, very different. But now I'm going to tell you about some of the stuff that I found very fun as far as the Jersey Shore goes. I grew up again in the Barnegat and Manahawkin areas. I was in Barnegat in my younger days, where there was a small bay area, not too far off of Barnegat, and the area closest to where I was at was Pebble Beach, and there was a small area inlet from the Barnegat Bay. It's not bad, nice little spot, in fact, that's where I was baptized, in Barnegat Bay, which is kind of interesting. Um, as I grew up and got into middle school, when I moved into the southern regional Air area in Manahawkin, now I'm much closer to Long Beach Island. And the magic road is Route 72. It takes you right to Long Beach Island. Of course, it's broken up into a lot of different little towns. I'm going to name a few of them. You had, like, Harvey Cedars, and you had um, Surf City, and um, there's a couple of the other ones that are out there. Um, uh, Beach Haven, and there's a few other small towns that link together to form what was Long Beach Island, or is Long Beach Island. It's terrible to put it like that. And, of course, the locals, me, and many other people wouldn't just call it Long Beach Island. You would call it one of two things. And affectionately, I call it one of these two things every single time. I would either, or we as locals, would call it either LBI, which of course is the short version for Long Beach Island, or we would just simply call it The Island. Either one is acceptable. And as I drive through the city in Philadelphia, every once in a while, I see a sticker that reminds me of home, essentially. I would see an LBI sticker and immediately in my mind, or I would speak out loud and say, what do you know about Long Beach Island? (laughs) Or I would see a Ron John Surf Shop sticker, which is one of the better surf shops that's on Long Beach Island, and... When I was growing up, a lot of the people who were surfing would go to Ron John's to get their stuff. A lot of their waxes for their surfboards, their surfboards themselves, their wetsuits, other paraphernalia that they're going to use while they're out there on the water. And every so often, I would see somebody with one of those stickers on And I would say, whoa, what do you know about Ron John's? Huh. It was always fascinating to me to see such a thing because I know it's not... We're not talking about... Thousands of miles away, but it's far enough where it seems a little out of place. But to me, it's comforting. It's just remember, it reminds me of the times when I was growing up. Ron Johns is definitely one of those places. Now, on that same note, there was a little place, a lot of fun, mostly for younger people. So when we were younger, we did this more so than when we started getting in the teenage years. It's a little place called Fantasy Island. It was a, um, for lack of a better word, for those who are in a certain age group, you wouldn't necessarily understand. It had an arcade. It was kind of an arcade with some small rides on the outside and some little go-kart things. Something to do. Keep you out of trouble. Spend your money there, you know. It's a nice spot. And like I said, back in the day, it was an arcade. We actually had standing arcade machines that you could actually play video games or pinball. Something that you really can't find anywhere anymore. I just recently found a place up here now by the new house that actually has a little bit of an arcade in it. It actually has freestanding arcade machines. And they do a pretty cool thing, in my opinion. They actually let you go in there for a donation and play the games, as opposed to plunking in quarters like, like, like a madman, like you would in some of the places like Fantasy Island. I then want to talk about another staple that used to be on Long Beach Island for years. And I heard recently that it has closed within the last couple of years, and it was a pretty big deal back then. It was called the Quarter Deck. It was a fairly decent restaurant that was in there, served really good food, and my personal favorite time going to the Quarter Deck was during my football banquet in my senior year of high school. We actually had it at the Quarter Deck, and that place will have some good memories for me because I know that many high schools do it, and I'm not sure how many do it for sure, but I know for certain, Southern Regional did it, where when you were in your senior year of high school and you played football, they would give you your jersey that you wore at the end banquet, and the quarter deck was the restaurant that we had our banquet in, and that's where I received my number 59 from playing football, and the quarter deck will always have that little place in my heart because of that and I will always remember it fondly had a lot of fun there and here comes a slight shout out to Scott Hall because just as I was walking up to get my jersey I happened to do that entrance walk that Scott Hall would do right before he would go down the aisle where he would slowly put one hand on the other side and sort of just walk casually down the way he did it and that's how I ended up beginning my walk to go get my jersey. Still stinks that Scott Hall is dead. But back to the topic at hand. (laughs) One of the more interesting things that happened on Long Beach Island, and it would happen fairly regularly, but not so regularly that it was a, a constant problem, is that those students who lived on Long Beach Island would from time to time get stuck on Long Beach Island if there was a significant enough of a storm. And it drastically impacted the amount of students that were in high school at the time, because if Long Beach Island was flooded, those students wouldn't be able to get through. Nor would the people who were a little bit farther up. I mentioned that one of the towns was Beach Haven that was on Long Beach Island, there was also a another spot called Beach Haven West that was full of lagoons, and that place would sometimes get heavily flooded too if there was a big enough storm. Now for sure, in my sophomore year we had such a storm, it was affectionately called the Halloween Storm because it was around October 28th or 29th, somewhere in that neighborhood is right around Halloween. And this storm was significant to a point where it flooded Long Beach Island, and it also flooded Beach Haven West. Now, to give you an idea of how many people were going to Southern Regional from that area, the amount of people that were in the school, both teachers and students, because plenty of teachers lived on Long Beach Island as well as the students who went there, there was probably a third of the student population who was not in the building during that storm because they were in their houses on the island which was flooded and you couldn't get over the bridge and so they were stuck <laughs> in fact even a little outlet street called dock road not too far away from where i was living in um in Mayetta, we had a couple of students who lived down that road now of course Right off of the dock road, there was a lot of water. Needless to say, there was a dock that would get, go out to an inlet where people could go out and fish. And there was a few houses on that road. Of course, the bus was going down the road, and abruptly the bus driver hit the brakes real hard. And as he hit the brakes, everybody looked up, and we could see that all for the entire length of the road, you couldn't see the road at all. It was gone. Completely gone. The water had risen up to the point where it covered all the road. And there was nothing you could do. Except for back up and say, Okay, I'm sorry about those two kids who were out there. But fortunately enough, those houses were up on stilts. And they were just going to have to wait it out. I know I seem a little all over the place. But I mentioned food with the quarter deck. Because that was a really good establishment. But another place that I was fortunate enough to head back to very recently. It was last year with my cousin and his family and my family. We all went to one of my favorite places called The Chicken or The Egg. It's a good restaurant that sells, well, take a wild guess. A lot of chicken. If I had to put it in perspective, it's probably got some of the best chicken strips, chicken wings that you can find. Just period. I'm not even going to say anywhere. I'm just going to say you, the best you can find. It's a great place. I would recommend anybody who's heading down to the Long Beach Island area to check out Chicken or the Egg. You will not be disappointed. And if you are, it's because you had some horrible instant and you burned your all of your taste buds off and you can't taste anything. Because if you can taste or you can smell, you will enjoy Chicken or the Egg. For sure. It's really good stuff. End of story. Now I'm going to move on to my 20s and moving into Manchester and a different barrier island. A different part of the Jersey Shore. In fact, a part that hosted the TV show that nauseates me. <sighs> that Jersey Shore stuff, man, it just. Man, they just made us look bad. Anybody who watches that show needs to know that that is not at all what it's like. They picked these people just so that they could make it look crazy. But truthfully, don't let that stuff make you believe that's what it is. It's not. In fact, MTV, years ago, used to host their entire summer parties and at the Seaside, because it is a good place to be, and it is a nice family spot, and you can have a lot of fun with adult people as well, and you don't have to have crazy people that were from that show. In fact, a couple times, I don't know if you remember, um, one of the Men in Black movies was coming out, and Will Smith came on the surfboard with the uh, dog from the movie, and that was filmed at Seaside, because he was at Seaside. <laughs> Yeah, that was pretty cool, I thought. Now, as far as Seaside goes, there's a lot of stuff that's equally as cool there as there is at Long Beach Island. Now, Long Beach Island has their beach. Seaside has a beach as well, but it also has a boardwalk. Now, the boardwalk is what separates it, makes it a little different than Long Beach Island because the boardwalk has... All the entertainment, essentially, on the boardwalk itself. And I can explain the boardwalk in two types of versions, and it saddens me to have to explain it in that way. Yet, it's sad, because there's a pre-Hurricane Sandy boardwalk, and then there's a post-Hurricane Sandy boardwalk. Now, Hurricane Sandy, a few years ago, came and did a number on the Jersey Shore, Overall, all of the barrier islands got hit pretty hard, but I would, it's fair to say that Seaside got hit, if not one of the hardest, it may have actually gotten hit the hardest. Some of the most iconic things that were on Seaside at the time, before the storm, there was an old merry-go-round inside of a building that had been there for years and years from the opening. But during that storm the boardwalk was decimated horribly and one of the buildings that was destroyed was the building that housed this old merry-go-round and all the horses just it was it was lost as well as a few of the actual near great adventure type rides that were there in fact there is a sadly iconic picture of one of those rides sitting in the Atlantic Ocean where it had fallen off of the boardwalk itself because it was just devastated. You could literally see the ride in the water from the picture. It's just... it's heartbreaking. Another place that was pre-Hurricane Sandy, which is saddened to me, was this great shop that used to make its homemade fudge. It was intensely good. One of my favorite places to go get fudge. (laughs) In fact, it was the only place in my mind where you would go get fudge in New Jersey Shore. You could get all different flavors, and it was incredible. And unfortunately, it was located in that same area where the merry-go-round was with the horses, and it, too, was lost. An iconic part of Seaside, which was gone. But we're not going to dwell on the stuff that we're missing. We're going to dwell on the stuff that's still there. Now... There is a place called the Coin Castle, another (laughs) arcade, which survived, and it's still there, and it's still thriving. And one of my favorite places to go whenever I go to Seaside is the Coin Castle. You go in there, you can play arcade games. They have all types, and of course, my favorite game to play in the Coin Castle, or anywhere for that matter, wherever you can find it, is Skee-Ball. I've been there many a times and entered many a tournament that they had, and I pulled off a win here or two at those tournaments in ski ball So I'm not that bad at it. I'm really not bad. Um, one of the other places that you'd almost want to take a walk to is, well, it, its it's literally the name, and granted, I know I'm in Philadelphia right now, but it's called Midway Stakes. Now, they call it that for the literal reason that it's literally in the middle of the boardwalk. It's literally in the middle. You can walk through it from either side, and you're going to take about the same distance to get there. It's midway. It literally is. Now, from somebody who's now living in Philadelphia, I do not recommend necessarily to go there primarily for the cheesesteaks. No. What you would have to go there for is their sausage sandwiches, which you can smell the entire length of the boardwalk because that's the smell that you get when you go there. It's really their french fries. It's really their, um, their sausage sandwiches from Midway. Plus, I am not a fan of lemonade. However, I know that if you are a fan of lemonade, Midway is the place to get your lemonade from. It just is what it is. They have the best lemonade on the boardwalk. Now, on that same note, still talking about food, how could I, of all people, talk about food without talking about pizza? Where's the best pizza on the boardwalk? Well, you can literally take a rock and throw it, and you're going to find edible pizza everywhere, all throughout the boardwalk. Sorry, Philly. The places up there that I consider Subpar are better than most of the places here. I'm sorry, there are a few good ones that I've found recently, but when it comes down to it, even some of the bad ones on the boardwalk are better than some of the, some of the ones that are around here, Philly, with the exception of two or three that I mentioned, and I'll continue to mention them. Marcelo's <laughs> all those. But now, back to Midtown. This is a place that features a 23-inch pie, and that's their big boy that they usually use for their slice pie. They use it for everywhere. Now, granted, I have a specific metric that I might go into one day and tell you how I judge pizza, which I haven't done yet, which is kind of crazy. Maybe I'll have to write that up and work on letting people know how I determine what I believe is the best pizza. We'll put that on mind, But their pizza, their 23-inch pizza, is very good. And I do believe that you can go in there and get a slice of that stuff for a very high price. But granted, it's actually worth the price you're paying. It really is. If you're going to pay 3 or $4 a slice, you're going to get the mileage out of the 3 or $4 that you get out of the pizza you're going to get from Midtown. Not Midtown. My fault three brothers midtown no longer exists and they had a 24 inch pie that was actually very good but due to circumstances they're gone three brothers has an excellent pie and like i said you're going to get the mileage out of that for three or four dollars that you're paying. it's really good no don't get me wrong you can order that huge pie if you want and have everybody have a slice Or you could order a smaller one. They don't just make the big ones. You can get smaller ones, too. And those are equally as good. Plus, they like to do one of the staples on seaside. And I do mean staples, and it's not about the pizza. It's about frying foods. And let me tell you how. You can pretty much get everything you want fried. I mean, one of the things that they'll fry is Oreos. They'll batter them up, and they'll fry them up. They'll fry pickles. They'll fry... um, Snickers bars, ice cream, cookie dough, put some batter around it, put it in a deep fryer, it comes out, and what you get is something that shouldn't exist, because it's beyond reality. It's, It's literally something out of one of the Doctor Strange multiverse of madness situations is what's going on there, because this certainly shouldn't exist in every reality, but every so often in one of the realities it does exist. And it just so happens that we live in the reality that these fried Oreos and ice cream and Snickers bars exist in. And I recommend, if you're going to Seaside, to go ahead and get yourself six of those fried Oreos. You're going to feel good about it. You're not going to feel necessarily the best about it. You're going to feel like you're going to want to go to the gym instantly. But trust me, the euphoria you will receive will outweigh the guilt that you might have. you got to try it. Same thing with a fried Snickers bar. Seems weird, but you have to. You have to. I'm not even a cookie dough person, and I would recommend to go ahead and get some of that too. (laughs) Don't get me wrong; there are a few things that are staples that I don't partake in personally. Maybe it's because of the amount of time that I've spent around them that I just, I just can't, I can't do them and one of those things happens to be funnel cake and it's everywhere everywhere like you can't even find a store almost that doesn't sell funnel cake on Long Beach and on Seaside it's all over the place it's not my cup of tea it's really not however however it's one of those staples that if you haven't had it at least once you should probably try it because it does have an addicting factor to it It really does. Another one, if you like sickly sweet things, there's literally nothing sweeter than sugar, because that's literally what it is. So, now, what if you take that sugar and you spin it? Yeah, you spin it. And it gets stringy. And then you color it pink or blue. Yeah, I'm talking about cotton candy. That's another thing. You don't just go to Seaside and get cotton candy just sitting around in the bag. Oh, no. They're making that stuff fresh, just like when you go to the movie theater and you get popcorn. You see it popping. You can go there and watch them spin the cotton candy. And boy, if you've not experienced the smell of the cotton candy being made, it's a once in a lifetime attraction that I can certainly say that you need to do it at least once. (laughs) At least once. Because as soon as you smell that stuff, you're going to immediately go to your doctor and have yourself checked for diabetes. It's that sweet. (laughs) Now that we've talked about the food, we've talked about all that crazy stuff that can happen here and there. I'm going to tell you about something that you need to experience on any of the Jersey Shore places. And it's just simple. And self-explanatory, one of them is. The other one. It's something you have to try, but if you're in the Philadelphia area, you need to set yourself an appointment up for it. You really do, but it's something you need to do. First thing is, it's definitely something special to see a sunrise or sunset at the Jersey Shore. And I've been blessed with the opportunity to see both multiple times. Because of proximity, I was just so close, you could see the sun rising over the water. It's cool, because it's as far east as you can get in the United States, right? And at the same time, watching the sunset is a little weird too, because you got to remember. Think about it. The sun rises in the east, and it sets in the west. So, as the sun is beginning to set, you look over the water, and it's different. It's absolutely different. You have to see it have to see it. And speaking of things that you have to see looking over the water, it's one of my favorite things, and it's multiple layered, and it's something that you can't really time unless, well, if you were close enough to have been there as often as I was, you would be able to see a lot of different facets of it. And it's going to the beach in the winter. It sounds crazy. Yeah, it's a little cold and it's a little windy, especially if the moon is out. Because anybody who knows anything about meteorology or science, you do know that the moon, as the moon moves around, it controls the tides. And it flows back and forth. And it gets a little windy. Now, there's something about looking out at the beach, out over the water, at night. In the winter. Not just at night, but in the winter. It's just different. It's absolutely different. I can't explain it to you. I know I've said it from my shirt. I can explain it to you, but I can't understand it for you. This is one that I can't explain it to you or understand it for you. You have to experience it for yourself. You have to see this. You have to be there. You have to be there. You gotta do it at least once at night in the winter. And don't let the moon actually be out. And don't let it be a full moon. (sighs) It's something that you have to experience. And it's something I can't do justice with words. You have to see it. It's like people say when they go to Jamaica and they look into the water and it's all crystal clear blue. That's something that they'll never experience is that cold wind and the moon at the same time. They can't experience that in those temperatures down there. It it just you can't you can't. and You can't duplicate it except for actually being there. and I would say that's one of the more special things that you can experience in the Jersey Shore and on that note I'm going to ring the bell and the main event is going to come to an end. Ding 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 Okay it's time for the Spear of the Week the spear of the week this week happens to be someone I saw yesterday doing a weird thing. Now, I can't even really understand it fully, but this person absolutely needs to be speared. I'm sitting at the bank in the drive-through lane. Now, mind you, there are two drive-through lanes, and then there's a lane that you could just um, go through. Without speaking with a teller, it's just everything runs in the same direction. If you wouldn't go to the teller, you go that way. If you're trying to leave the bank, you go all the way to the far end and drive through. Now, this person, for some strange reason, I don't know, maybe demon possession, about the only thing that comes to mind, decided to think that it was a good idea to drive the wrong way through an open Yes, an open teller lane, and just slowly go past, and I looked to my right where this person was going, and I couldn't believe what I saw, and I just was like, the teller probably thought I was crazy when I was looking, and I said, what are you doing? I was looking at that insane person driving the wrong way through a teller lane that was open. End of the story. That person gets the Spear of the Week. I don't know why. I don't know why you did that. You deserve it. You absolutely do. Okay. We're at the end of the show. Um. Wow. Just turned 44 as you're listening to this. Um. ...feels like 43 only... ...365 days... ...past. You know? <laughs> um... ...I do want to say that... ...if you... ...would like to comment on... ...what was going on... ...with the strangeness of the show... ...from last week... ...just remember... ...you could always hit me up on... ...my Instagram... Philip Henderson five one zero two or the Twitter, which is at pissed Phil, and don't forget there's also a group that I have on Facebook. There's a Lip Facebook group. Check it out. Join us. We are always looking for new members. Um, yeah. Still a little stunned about that drive-through thing because, like I said. As I'm recording this, this was literally yesterday. And I'm still stunned by it. I'm still stunned. Makes no sense at all. But if I had some words of wisdom for that person, I would look them in the eye and say, you know what? If intelligence made people grow, you would be three inches tall. Yes. Drive through lady going in the wrong direction. If intelligence made people grow, you would be three inches tall. That's the final word for this episode of the Lip. I hope you enjoyed it. Next week, I'm actually going to tell you what I'm going to do next week. I'm going to call that episode If I Was to Win a Big Lottery. Yes. That'll be fun. I haven't told you what i have been going to do next week In a long time, and I thought that since I'm doing all these shows, I probably should let you know every once in a while. It's going to be if I was to win a big lottery but what I do, you know. I'm going to tell you, and maybe you might agree or disagree, and hopefully a little bit of both. But my name is Phil, and you have just listened to The lip.